Welcome back to Consuming the Craft Podcast. With me today is Mr. John Lida. Hello, hello, hello. And we have been waiting for this podcast for a couple semesters now, haven't we? At least two. Yeah, right? And it's been sitting in my office staring at me. We have had such Saying, what are you going to do? The restraint that we have had, you guys should, if you're listening in a car, pull over. If you're listening at work, stop what you're doing. If you're listening doing nothing, well, that's probably for the best. Because that's, we that's have a Mead Vintage 2004 Lurgishall. Is that what we decided it was? Lurgishall Mead. I think so. First of all, I'm very, very excited about this Mead. I'm not going to lie to you. It's a Special Reserve Mead Vintage 2004, like I said. And it is uh, from Bottled History, produced and bottled by Lurgishall Winery in... Sussex over in the UK. So we have been staring at this bottle in your office uh, for a couple semesters now. Which I picked up from Appalachian and Vintner. Yeah, thanks to the guys. Shout over out at, to yeah, those yeah, guys. Yeah, they, they've, they've been amazing for our program, specifically finding for like some of the really unusual stuff that we want to taste and try mm-hmm. uh, on the wine and beer side of things, uh, even cider to some degree. Um, but before we get there, in my hands is an obelisk. An obelisk. An obelisk. And for those of you that don't know what it is, Google it. <laughs> this podcast. Think Washington Monument. Yeah. This this podcast, think. this one you're listening to right now, has won a gold award. And I say that with a question mark in my, like, just in general. Because <laughs> in 2021, we won a gold award from the NCMPR. So it's a, a national award. So clearly they've never listened to it. Clearly. And they were like, oh, you're the only podcast here. We'll have to give you something. So thank you to them uh, for giving us uh, comeuffance. Yeah. And thank you for the to the Freemasons. That built. <laughs> I mean, it's because a, if you want to start talking about, uh, you know, theories and no, stuff. But this no, is. No, we don't. It's a beautiful award, really. Yeah. It's this big glass. I mean, it's etched. It's kind of gorgeous. Good job. Yeah. Well, good job to you. No, and um, That's all you. Let's get back to Booze Clues because okay, we clues. have talked about this award enough. Uh, we are lucky enough to get a regional award, a national award for the podcast for talking about uh, booze. But we, we have saved this particular bottle uh, for a special occasion. And what more than us winning an award that we popped the cork on this particular bottle. Yeah. And I would like to talk about glassware okay. and how it affects the flavor of the product that's inside of the glass. And the aroma. And the aroma. Because so, well, aroma is part of flavor. Yeah, well, aroma and taste are, are plus together equal flavor. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about glassware, and this was actually pioneered uh, by a guy from Rydell uh, who developed specific glasses for specific types of wine. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I'm not saying you need to have those glasses. I'm not seeing that. Like, what I'm trying to tell you is the glass shape can potentially affect the flavors and aromas that you smell in the gla- in the product that you're drinking. They 100% affect they, it. You know, and I thought it was BS. I'll be honest, 100% right away. And I was sitting in this wine bar I was working back, I don't know, a few years ago. And this rep came in from Rydell 
and was like, hey, let's try this wine in these four glasses. I was like, all right, I'll take you up on that voodoo. Let's try this same Cabernet in these four glasses, and you're going to tell me it smells and tastes different. And I was blown away by the way that that cab smelled in four different glasses. Mm-hmm. Four totally different tastes, well, aromas. Yeah, so so the shape of the glass will either, like if it's a bowl and like it, like a, everyone think of a traditional wine glass that comes up and like makes this kind of... Wine glass shape. Yeah, I love... You are so good at painting the picture. Like two hands grasping the beverage that you're trying to drink. And it grabs the aromas and keeps them in the glass as long as you don't fill the glass up all the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it, there's a bowl that keeps the aromas inside of it. And then there's another glass. Uh, think of a pint glass that has kind of a straight side that's kind of opened up. Mm-hmm. And allows some of the aromas to release. Most of the aromas. Most, Yeah, the majority of the aromas. So if it's like a more malt-forward beer, you would drink it in a pint glass. It's going to accentuate the malt flavors. Mm-hmm. The delicate, volatile, organic compounds, or VOCs... Look at the fancy. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Will be captured in a glass that's more, we'll say, convex. It'll kind of, the two hands on the side will, will keep it together. So we actually have poured this mead in a couple different glasses. We both have a wine glass, and then I poured it in a Glencarn uh, nosing glass. Whiskey. For whiskey. And so to smell the difference between these two glasses. And that, you, that Glen Glencarn glass basically focuses all those volatiles to your nose. Yeah, like right up it, it yeah. there's a bowl and then it kind of there's a slope slide yeah, that yeah. comes up right into your nose. So it's like a, a, a aromatic punch in the face. Yep. The wine glasses that we have are a little bit more gradual and they kind of open up. But you were smart enough to put some covers over the top of them mm-hmm. so that when we tasted and tried this particular mead, which, uh, truth be told, I smelled out of the bottle and... It smells I'm really good. <laughs> pretty excited about smells it. smells really good. I'm excited. Yeah, I, I'm fidgeting with my hands because I can't wait to get mm-hmm. to the sample. And I love uh, mead. I love mead. You do, and, and you're a great mead maker. The, uh, the mead that you gave me a while back... It was only 10 years old. Yeah, on. I call it Michael. Michael? Yeah. Do you want to know why? I do. My wife and I drank that bottle of mead, and my son is now two. His name is Michael. Bow, chicka, bow, well. <laughs> so here's to you and your mead making. Cheers. And here's to this mead here. God, this smells so good. Wow. So this is in the wine glass. Uh, I get cherry blossoms, and I get, uh, oh, mercy. Uh, I get happy. Just that, <laughs> that sweet mead. Sweet, you get a, just sweet, a sweet honey smell. But I mean, just a hint, it, it's not overpowering. It's blended so well with the aromatics in here. Yeah. I can't wait to try this. I like that cherry blossom. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can get that. Mm-hmm. So in the flavor. Holy oh, smokes. Oh, mercy. That's good. Are you kidding me? You get a hint of maltiness. You get a hint of... I wish I'd bought about three or more bottles. Right? But there's it's not overwhelmingly sweet. It's so well balanced. There's like this underlying Oh mercy. So uh sweet mead style. Yeah. Not dry mead. Uh definitely sweet mead. But but it but um, it is balanced the, the, very the well. The alcohol content, I don't know what sixteen and a half. Sixteen and a half. Yeah, well, no, no, it's, this it's a big it's, boy. It's hiding that. This really, no, really well. This is very dangerous because it doesn't drink like sixteen and a half percent. But one of the things it does have is some of those beautiful fruity esters, which I can only assimilate to the byproducts of some of the yeast metabolism and maybe some of the honey that they use. That's definitely honey. Yeah. I'd be curious. Does a bottle say what kind of honey they're using? Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. 
It doesn't, and I wanted to, uh, I wanted to try to find out more about it. It does say mead, probably the oldest alcoholic beverage known to man for past millennia, drunk by kings and peasants alike. The word honeymoon derives its uh, drive from the ancient tradition of newlywed folk couple enjoying a glass of mead each hey. day for one calendar month to ensure the happiness and success of their union. Hey, that worked for you. Yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah, I did. Dr. Michael. Uh, perhaps this tradition should be received today. Vintage 2004. It was made in the natural traditional way by fermenting honey and water and has undergone a maturation process using oak barrels, which previously contained spirits. Okay. Um, I, I get just a hint of vanilla. I don't get a lot of vanilla. I, don't I think either. a lot of that's been stripped out. And I mean, it, it would be very, very far, almost like a, a vanilla cherry. I get more of that cherry blossom up front. I do too. It's super pleasant. Yeah, this is a really, really pleasant. Let's pull out okay, that other glass. So I'm going to get that other glass. Okay, that's a different, that's a different beverage. It, 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 I get more honey in that second note. Oh, I definitely get more honey. Yeah, but... I don't get uh, that the as many fruity esters. Just I, get, I, get, to, I get more of the barrel. Yeah, in it's that, focusing that. Well, and that's the thing. So the glass shape itself has changed the perception of that drink in that wine glass that we had. That was pretty gradual as far as it coming up into a bowl. That particular glass, uh, yeah, smell them side by side. It's it's it almost smells like two different beverages. They are two different. Just in that glass alone. And I thought that was BS until I did this. So the the <clears throat> the whiskey glass, very concentrated. Yeah. Wine glass, much more muted. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. not... Letting some of those aromatic compounds come out into the ether, if you will. But I'm really curious to try that mead out of that glass. Because I want to see the difference in flavor between the two. Now... I know it's a sweeter mead, but it's so well balanced. It's so well balanced. There is that sweetness there, but it's not overpowering at the end. And it doesn't even coat like a really super sweet mead would. Mm. Mm. Yeah, they're they're different. Mm-hmm. And it's that's partly because of what how, it, how it affects your palate. You yeah, know, what right? you're yeah. picking up through the nose and retronasal and stuff like that. It's oh, they're both good. How good is this mead though? It is phenomenal. This may be... The, I really should have bought a bunch more. Uh, honestly, this may be the best meat I've ever had, aside from the tenure that you made. Because... Yeah, that tenure was too damn hot. Uh, uh, sorry. No, I mean... You it, had it to mel- beep that. No, no, it mellowed out. It mellowed out after that's 10 why, years. That's why it was there 10 years. It was so good. It was good. This, however, is that that cherry blossom. I do now get a little bit... Just a hint of oak. There's not much there, though. Well, there's a tannic. Yeah. You get a little bit of a tannic There's a balance of the sweetness. And I think that that's why I don't perceive this as sweet as what it is. Yeah. Because there's a balance of some of that that polyphenol and and some of the tannic acid from the barrel itself. Not a lot. It's not a giant, like, astringent punch in the face. But there is a a balance to this particular product that is so well done. I should have bought more. Yeah, you should have. Should have bought a case of this, and we could have split it. Dang, I mean, for it. the students, for the kids. It's not that we want to drink this stuff. We don't. We do it for the we, kids. We kind of. And when we say kids, we say twenty-one and older. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because our because I'm old. The majority of our students. I mean, the mean age of our program is thirty. Did you know that? 
I did not know that. So we have students coming from all over the planet, and the mean age is 30 years old. And the majority of our students already have a four-year degree. So, Do we have somebody from Antarctica yet? No, we don't have any penguins in the program. So somebody from Antarctica. Yeah, lis- listening to the podcast, uh, there's mead here if you want to come up. <laughs> this is really, really good. It is good. I am blown away on how pleasant this particular beverage is. Oh, and that that, that smell that, like, I really do get. So we... Lurgashaw. So I have... A cherry block or a cherry tree in my front yard, and every spring I get this like just waft of that cherry blossom. I don't. And that's where I get that smell from. This is not. Mm. I don't think it's. I don't think they're using honey from cherry blossoms, but I don't either. I would. I would not be surprised if they did. But this is unbelievable good. It really, really is well done. Uh, good to the folks at the uh, Lurgershaw Winery. Yeah, Dial Green. Petworth, West Sussex, the United Kingdom. Good, good for y'all over there. You're doing a good job. Yeah, I that, would love to know what kind of yeast you're using too. Not only that, but where, like, how are they harvesting the honey? Yeah, because the varietal of honey plays into the final, final meat itself too. Yeah, and that's a, that's another thing with meat is what type of uh, honey you're using it has a big determinant on what you're final product's going to be but, well the, the, so if you're it, you know if you're doing mead that you can buy from or honey that you can buy from just any anywhere what is it wildflower honey yeah is not going to give you this flavor so they had to be very specific in what type of honey they were using. no they were pulling the combs at a very very specific time because when you yeah. pull the combs bees are feeding off of a certain type of pollen and you're going to get these flavors this is this is Really well done. You swirl it around in this wine glass. You get some beautiful legs uh, falling down into the glass, and a lot of them at 16.5%. But I really uh, think that people need to understand. And do this experiment at your house, folks. Take your favorite product, beer, wine, cider, spirit. Grab a pint glass. Grab a wine glass. Grab a bowl. And it, it, that bowl, and I say bowl like a little tiny bowl yeah, because the, that's the tequila, the, yeah, the mezcal, the tequila, tequila mezcal glass, glass yeah, yeah, you gave yeah. me. Yeah. yeah so for it's wide open, really huge and flared and open. And, and so it's going to release a bunch of VOCs, volatile organic compounds really, really quickly. So if you pour it into three things like that, uh, the flavor, the smells, the aromas, the tastes that you're going to get out of those three products are going to be very different. Yeah. Put, it, put something on top of each one yeah. as, as you're pouring them. Put capture, something on, capture that. Put something aromas. on top of each one and then try them mm-hmm. uh, individually, at, you know, just down the line or whatever. In between them, sniff your arm mm. to reset your sensory. Be- not only sensory, your nose detects changes in smells. And I want to repeat that. It detects changes in smells. Because if you're inundated with the same smell, at some point, you're going to get used to it. And the other thing, which is really, really curious, is throughout the day, your nose will flip-flop. And what I mean by that is when you smell something, plug one nostril or the other. Yeah, you do that. I don't do that. But but it, your right or left nostril will have uh, like this acute sensory experience Throughout the day, it'll switch because that's something that your body does to protect itself. You you smile, but I'm I'm smiling because I I've got my BS broom here, and that's fine. You can sweep it all you want, but your body will will protect itself by you know if you're inundated with these new smells 
and the smells become overwhelming, the olfactory sense on your left nostril will then flip-flop to your right nostril. And at some point, you know, going back and forth between your nostrils, one side will be more acute than the other. Yeah, but you don't think if, if you smell with both nostrils, you'll get that same... You'll have one that's a little bit stronger than the other, no matter which which side it is. No, it is. Is this a UC Davis thing? No, 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 versus no. Versus Siebel <laughs> thing? Because Siebel rocks. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> that being said, you're trying to protect yourself from bad things. Uh-huh. It's it's to keep you alive. I try to protect myself from UC Davis. People. Well, you try to protect yourself from me, and, that's, and I'm a good thing, but you just haven't realized it. Uh, you know what's really good is this mead. This mead is really good. <laughs> We're a couple of idiots, let's be honest. We're just lucky enough to figure out a way I'm gonna to be able to, to drink this for work. I'm going to have to go back on eBay and, and and see if I can find something like this. I haven't done eBay in years. but I haven't even, either, but this is worth it. It is worth it. Uh, this is a good mead. No, this is phenomenal. Uh, only second to that 10-year-old mead that you made. Mm, I would put this above that. It's really good. This is really good. I only say that because I had a kid. Now in this Glen Carn glass, you know, it's you're so getting, different. It's so different in this you're glass. You're getting ready to go on vacation. You want to take that the rest of this bottle with you? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, I do, no, I do not. Okay. I don't want to try to fly half in the bag or all the way in the bag. There you go. Or three quarters in the bag. Very nice. Very or nice. Good, in the bag. good legs on this. It's it's very it, well. The other thing too is when you hold it up to the light, it is uh, it's beautiful in the glass. I give this a nine and a half. No, uh, nine out of, nine point eight out of ten. Out of ten, it really is that good. Yeah, it really is that good. And my voice has already dropped. So anytime you drink wine or spirits, and specifically honey wine in this case, your register will drop a third. Because it just relaxes your yeah. It, it, it's a beautiful product. That is unbelievable. It really is pretty. I'm sorry, students, that I didn't share this with you. I'm sorry, students, that he didn't share it with you. He's a terrible human being. <laughs> uh, cheers. Cheers. Hey, thanks for all that you do. Thanks for uh, hanging around. To you as well. So that. Thanks to Danny McConnell from McConnell's uh, Farm. Taste the way you remember. Thanks, Danny, for sponsoring this podcast. And uh, cheers, everybody. Cheers.